0: What would the world actually look like if we broke down our walls a little bit more? Exactly. Uh and also understood that, and this is something I've been working on a lot more as well, most recently, is understanding that having your heart open and having empathy are one thing, but make sure you have the a boundary to that empathy and that giving because. Having empathy without an open heart, without any boundaries, or just allowing toxic people in, which is something, you know, I've I've had a habit of in the past. Yeah, that's just polite, and that's just soft self sabotage. That's still a form of self sabotage. So realize that yes, having open heart empathy is important. Doesn't mean we want to allow tox people in because we're still self sabotaging ourselves. And that's another form of an addiction. I think I call it like a, a, a B side addiction.
1: Yeah,
0: I love that. It's a B side addiction. There's A side. Yeah. There's A team.
1: There's B team. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. back. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. This week's guest is my friend, Kara Lazowskis. Kara's story is nothing short of badass threaded with resiliency, strength, and perseverance. At the young age of three, she had her left lung removed due to a tumor, and this is where she contests that her love for human anatomy and physiology, two areas that she absolutely has so much knowledge and accelerates in, was born. With her body's adaptability and continuous push, both mentally and physically, she really excelled as an athlete throughout her teenage years, such that she was able to get a scholarship and play basketball at the NCAA level. Her basketball career would eventually come to a close due to four ACL reconstructions on her right knee, it's so early. Um, but this is what essentially forced her or invited her onto a new path of life, one that she believes led her to her true purpose. This new path brought her to graduate school, where she obtained her master's in muscle physiology under Dr. Andy Galpin and Dr. Irene Tobias, studying muscle fiber typing and protein signaling at California State University, Fullerton. Today, Kara serves as a coach, a speaker, a mentor, and soon-to-be author who empowers others to move through their pain to find new strength in their performance. What I love most about this episode with Kara is her immense vulnerability and authenticity that is so harmonized and rooted in strength. We dive deep into the essence of who she is and how she came to be that goes way beyond the surface of credentials and achievements. This empowering conversation includes how to overcome stress, Chaos and trauma to find inner peace and deep self awareness. Self sabotaging scripts and addictions and how to rewrite them for personal freedom and success. Disarming judgments, perceptions, and stigmas by leading from the heart and being open to new concepts. How to be fierce and discerning as an empath by establishing strong boundaries. The importance of surrounding yourself with a circle that encourages you and supports your growth for optimal wellness and high performance in life and so much more. I I just I love Kara, I love her energy, I love her vibe, I love her story. Shout out to our best girl, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, who connected us a couple years ago, and you know, it was an immediate fuck yes when I met Kara because I just, you know, i I and you'll get this in the episode, but as strong as she is on every level of strength. Um, she's so sweet. She's so tender and ultimately she's so fucking real and that's always a home run for me. So I really hope that you love her as much as I do. Definitely get dialed in with her on Instagram. Um, her book will be out soon, so you can look forward to that as well. Her handle is in the show notes. And if you love this episode, if, if it hit home to your hearts in any way, shape or form, let us know, talk to us, you know, me and all of the guests that come on here are always so just looking forward to conversations with you that stem outside of you taking in this episode to know how it impacted you share it up on your ig stories i'm at roxy look black belt beauty and um yeah i really hope you love it so really quick if you have not already given this podcast a five star rating or review first of all subscribe if you have not subscribed second of all please take a moment super quick moment literally two minutes there's an easy link in the show notes to uh, be able to rate and review this podcast from any area that you, any area, any uh, device that you are taking this episode in, including YouTube. So I'm sending you so much love and gratitude to all of you who are actually going to take the time to do that. And yeah, I really, really hope that you love this episode as much as I do. Enjoy. Hey, you guys, if you've been following me here for a while or on any of my channels, you know, I am always talking about the power of journaling and specifically what it has done for me and continues to do for me in my life. With that said, I am so excited to officially announce that my guided and illustrated self-actualization journal, You Are the Path, is out for sale. I have been working on this for quite some time now with my incredible, talented artist friend, Emerald Pajet, and I could not be more excited for you to experience this journal. To make it very clear, this is not your typical kind of stationary item of journal. It's more of a book. And it is so visually stimulating. You are the path holds space for you to unravel, unleash, investigate, hypothesize, affirm, inspire, fortify, to essentially create you and all aspects of your life. You can literally stretch out and run free within the vast open pages. So in this journal, you have seven guided and illustrated sections led by five thought-provoking Questions and prompts that evoke exploratory thinking. Of course, you're welcome to ignore them, but they are there to anchor you because talking about journaling for some time now for to so many people I've learned that journaling can feel daunting to some people like you don't know what to do or where to start so these journal prompts and questions are there to just anchor you in and help you get moving through the pages Um, each section also has a personal quote for me and again the artistry in this journal throughout the journal by my girl Emerald Paget is absolutely incredible. It is there to evoke your imagination and all your senses and really just take you into deep parts of your mind and your heart. So the final section offers 20 blank pages. So the other sections all have lined pages in them. And this is really special for me because I've never come across a journal that had both and throughout my journaling practice for almost the entirety of my life, um, you know, I've really needed and wanted both. Uh, So I'm just excited to give you this opportunity to be able to sketch and just let your imagination run free on these blank pages, but also have the beautiful structure and, you know, refinement of, of lines for you to just, you know, script out your heart. So... Again, this journal is absolutely a mystical experience. It's a mystical adventure. I want you to just drop in and to ultimately connect with your highest self, your authentic self, your intuition. And this journal is meant to facilitate that process for you. So to shop this journal, go to blackbeltbeauty.com. It's right there at the top menu. You'll also be able to see some visuals of the journal and I just, I know you're going to love it. So Let me know what you think and enjoy the path that is you. We made it.
0: (laughs) You know what? Just like life, you know? Such a Zoom.
1: I mean, no, and and I was just saying, it's like the perfect way to kick off this conversation with you specifically because so for our audience, we just had technical difficulties and it delayed the start and, you know, it, it can cause an uncomfortable stress, right? When things aren't going right. And what I've done in my life is somehow trained myself to where when there's some kind of stress, chaos, I get quiet and I get I get more still and kind of more, essentially more calm to be able to work things out, right? Like I've really trained myself to do this. Um, can you talk about your process when you find yourself in, yeah.
0: For <laughs> yeah. 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 uh, me, yeah. <laughs> my process, I, I definitely agree with the calm and chaos. I'm definitely someone who thrives off of chaotic environments <laughs> because I not like a lot of us, but some of us we get very calm. And I'm one of those people that gets very calm. And a big part of my process is okay, a couple of things are happening. It's not one, it's another, a couple of unexpected circumstances. Right, take one big inhale four seconds in four seconds out what's next
1: yeah
0: and just keep it into a stepwise equation okay what's next this isn't working what's next and just all the way through until
1: it's complete until we've arrived <laughs> until- <laughs> so the chaos, it's, no more, it's no longer <laughs> i love it well and it's so it's amazing when two people are a team are working yep. in that capacity too. Like you're over there trying to troubleshoot. I'm over here trying to troubleshoot. And we're both managing the energy in that way. And then here we are. So, um, Kara, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so excited to just have time with you. Like, you know, we, have we became friends a couple years ago, um, mm-hmm. through a mutual best friend, Gabrielle, shout out mm-hmm. to Gabrielle. And, um, you know, I immediately felt a connection like, oh, yeah, you're you're dope. And, you know, just recently, we kind of rekindled the connection, right? And um, I just I love what you're about. I love your energy. i'm I'm really, really inspired um by some of the things I've learned about you, backstory. And I want to take us into. The deep waters there, um, but to connect the dots a little bit from like where we just started talking about calm and chaos, and and bringing you into this conversation, I want to ask you: Was that something that you've have you've always had that ability your whole life, or did you train yourself, or give give me some context of how you've arrived to be in that? I think
0: naturally, I've always been that way. Okay, naturally, I we all genetically speaking, have some type of capacity to handle stress. I think I genetically, even looking at my parents, my family have, have been born into a capacity to handle a higher level of stress than others. Mm-hmm. I think what has helped me throughout the years is starting with at a young age, my first experience at three and a half years old, being a very traumatic one and losing you know, my left lung. And even though I wasn't developed yet, I was still a young child. I think that was, that set the stage for me to have a very driven nature and a very common chaos nature, because I essentially was at a a young age, born into dealing with trauma and chaos and having to understand how to handle it and filter through it and handle situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then you would go on to, you know, um, we're, let's, let's go further into your backstory. Cause again, um, it's, it's really inspiring and there's so many pieces to pull on that I'm excited to get into. So can you, so where'd you grow up? New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <Central Jersey. laughs> That'll build character right there. I love it. I lived in New York for so yeah. long, so I know.
0: Yeah. It's all the time. Where are you from? Even though I've been in California for six years, where are you from New Jersey? Oh, that makes sense. Um, yeah aggression comes out sometimes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you no, know, it's when the aggression comes out. I love it. Cause you obviously listen, you are a strong woman in every facet of strength. And one of the things that I picked up on you immediately was actually how playful you are and how actually I'm just going to use my words, but like very tender. Um, and I find that the most savage fucking people in the world. Some of them, not all, but some of the most savage humans in the world are actually the most tender. I have a whole thing about being a tender savage, the most calm, the most, you know, just even like lighthearted. And that was something that I picked up on you and really connected with you on immediately. So going into your backstory a bit more, let's talk about your upbringing. Because I know, you know, sports is a huge part of your upbringing and there were a lot of character building um, aspects that came from sport. Can you drop us into that? Yeah.
0: So growing up with a father who was an all-American wrestler and a brother who was, you know, really developing into that level, but Burke got burnt out. I was surrounded by. Uh, you do very well in school. You go to church. You grew up in the Roman Catholic Church, <laughs> which uh, a lot of people are like, "Wow, you turned out that way." Yes, I, I did go to the Roman Catholic Church. I did turn out this way, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And you know, in the middle of central Jersey, I wasn't exposed to a lot other than you do well, you're a jock, you do well in sports and you do well in school. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of exposure outside of that environment. Mm-hmm. So that bred this ideology in my head that if you're not perfect, if you're not constantly charging forward, yeah. you, you're not going to make it in this world or you're not going to be something or you're not going to be accepted by society. And that was much of my upbringing growing up, besides the fact in the back of my head, I had this idea that, oh, because I have one lung, because I'm not able to do certain things up until I was eight, I was then able to play sports again Mm. to allow my body to grow with the circumstance or with the opportunity of the one lung. I had to wrap my mind around the fact that you don't always have to prove everyone right. You don't have to prove everyone wrong. Uh, You are your own individual, but I always grew up thinking I have to show this person up no, they're wrong. I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to do that. This doctor's wrong. Flash forward to later on in life. Yeah. <laughs> when you've had then five ACL surgeries, college basketball career uh, ceases at a very young age at 19 yeah. and you spiral out of control. You start to think, wait, my whole life I was told if I couldn't do these things, I'm nothing. Essentially. Mm. Yeah. How, how do I gain back any control I have or any type of perfectionism? And that's where I started to develop habits and addictions like an eating disorder.
1: Right. Like,
0: you know, wanting to have more than a few drinks to just numb the pain of I'm not enough or I'm not lovable or I'm not going to be since I can't do these things anymore. Uh why, what is my value?
1: Yeah. I don't think many people would look at you today and ever connect that dot. Like you had an eating disorder. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's it's actually, you know, we've talked about this um you know, but, but it's really, first of all, it, that is such a big, real issue that is happening in widespread, like around the world, right? Like so many individuals go through this and it's really, I feel like it's, um, you know, it's something where you, like in your particular situation, just from learning about it a bit. And I really want to dig into this with you. Um, your ability to pull yourself out of that was really fascinating to me because we know that a lot of people don't escape this and it it leads to death or it's this, you know, this for like your whole life, you are trying to manage this. Would you call it a disease? Is that fair? Like, or what would you? It's, it's a
0: disease. It's part of mental illness. So it's a, right. a disease it's like any other addiction. Right. And my opinion, the worst one, the hardest one, the yeah. hardest one to, not necessarily the worst one, but the hardest one to overcome.
1: Yeah,
0: because you can't avoid food. Right, right. <laughs> we were we were talking about this, you know, a little bit ago. Is yeah. just it's the one addiction that you constantly have to every single day fight. Yeah, you can't not unlike drugs and alcohol, you can't just cease it all together. You can't go just cold turkey and figure out and go see a therapist and you know get on the right path or healing steps. With eating disorder, yeah, you have foods are always in front of you. This marketing's all around you.
1: Yeah, magazines are
0: all around you.
1: The shame is all around you. Right. And would you say that? So going back to this kind of perfectionist piece of you that you picked up, you know, feeling like if you, you know, weren't acing everything, and just you know, then your value. Would you say that that was kind of the initiator to developing? Mm. Yeah,
0: oh, that, that was, was- the the number one thought going through my head is because I am not perfect, I'm mm-hmm. not valuable. That means I'm not enough and that means I'm not lovable. So then who am I? I call it an emotional blackout when with any type of addition, this happens. Anyone can attest to this. And, you know, I've had my trials and tribulations, uh, not only with eating but also with, I've had my moments with alcohol because my dad is as much as he's a perfectionist, was mm-hmm. a very functioning alcoholic. Yeah, And I've learned through him and his weaknesses, how bad it can get if we don't realize that it's okay to be unperfect
1: mm-hmm.
0: or it's okay to switch careers. It's okay that, oh, five years you spent in med school and you're, you know what, it's okay if you want to move on from something different after you just spent five years, as long as you're going on the path that's meant for you energetically, and you feel that you only only you need to tell yourself that you are a value. No one else needs to tell you.
1: Yeah, and see, so see, listening to you and taking in your story, I feel like you've always, even though you know you said you had to really kind of find yourself, so to speak, when things really went wrong with, you know, the, the knee and sports. And so you had to kind of figure out like, who am I, like, what's my, what am I, what's my ultimate purpose? You know, if I'm not doing this, accelerating in this, in these areas, but at the same time, I hear that you always, there was always this knowing inside of you of, something about you that was, and this is what I would frame as like your authentic self, your intuition. And really it was like, and and I want you, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. This is just kind of my interpretation, but you know, when you, when you would finally put yourself in the position to um, start to heal from the eating disorder and start to move yourself through that process of like, who is Kara and like figuring that out, I feel like it, it was, turning down those scripts that you had on high volume so that you can actually hear your authentic self and then start to lean into that and then, and then find your way. Would you, what would you say about that?
0: Yeah, I would agree. Everything that you just said and everything I just said previously was all a narrative. I created in my head a script, a narrative of this is who you were when the script was burned in the fire. (laughs) I, I had to... Pick up the pieces, try to. I was trying to put it back together, essentially. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I got to put this narrative back together, but it's all burnt up. There's no more paper. There's no more script. Yeah. Oh, I don't know who I am. And now I finally, for the first time in my life, really at 19, had to start the process of figuring out wait, who is Kara without sports? Who is Who am I really? I, I came to find out really for the first 19 years of my life, mm-hmm. I didn't know much about myself. <laughs> I right. didn't know who I was socially. Because yeah. all I knew was sports and academics. I didn't know who I was sexually, emotionally. Yeah. I, and I had to break down those barriers and figure out who am I in all those cornerstones.
1: What is? You, can you give us some ideas on on what you did um, to, to move you through that process? The first thing was hitting rock bottom. It <laughs> <laughs> <They> usually <laughs> does it for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't
0: just wake up and they say, you know what? <laughs> what did? Is- <laughs> I, mean, no, I don't need this. I don't. I don't need therapy. I don't need anyone. I'm just gonna. Everyone needs someone. Everyone, anyone who tells you they didn't hit rock bottom in some way, in their own way, uh, is trying to sell you something.
1: Because
0: mm. I think it's human nature, and I think that's physiologically how we get better as human beings is hitting that space yeah. of rock bottom. And for me, it was you know starting off in rehab in an industry unit, and and seeing how society kind of sees us <laughs> and sees anyone with what we call in the dinosaur unit ed with this alter ego we call ed mm-hmm. which can relate to any type of any form of addiction but we personified it as ed to realize what those thoughts were and that was the first step of realizing while i was in the unit as many things as they might have done wrong yeah <laughs> one thing that really helped me is realizing the separation between okay, what are these ed thoughts personified what are these let's Name it, claim it, take it. Mm. And what are Kara thoughts? Now we can start to separate the difference between oh, that wasn't me; that was something a narrative I created in my head. Yeah, that's un- not logical; it's irrational. And this is, and then this is a Kara thought. This is me. This is my authentic self. And once you start to separate, and it helped a lot to write it down. You know, if I was felt, as we say, triggered by something, or started to feel really stressed having a notebook I used to have like a little composition notebook nearby yeah i'd have it in my pocket and this is i had a really great therapist at that time in new jersey who made me keep it in my pocket and say look anytime you have these emotions or feelings yeah it's not just going to go away because mm-hmm. you're released you need to write it down in yeah. the moment force yourself what's the physiological response and what what either just happened or what is happening right now then and only then can you start to take the words and all the sentences out of your brain, mm-hmm. now you now on paper and see it for what it is. I love once that. You see what it is, you're yeah. like, wait, there's. I mean, <laughs> I still have that little notebook. Ah, oh, that's but awesome. When you, when you look back at it, you know, because this was 2011. Yeah. When I look back at that notebook, because I, I have in this past year or two, I've had moments of, wow, I really thought that. Mm-hmm. You read some of these sentences, you're like, what, what, who, "What? Who was that? And I, who? Who says that about themselves? Who?" But at the time, when you're so consumed by this narrative, this addiction, yeah, it's logical,
1: yeah. No, I love that. You know, I've been writing my whole life. Um, you know, journaling, journaling specifically, and so, and I, you know, I have created a journal just because it's like I know the power of having a journal, the self-development power, right? And I, you know, 40s now, but I can look back in my 20s and go, what? (laughs) You, whoa. Because, you know, like you're going through shit, your 20s, like it's, you know, I'm like living in New York, just hustling, just trying to, and I'm like, damn, girl, you were mean to yourself a lot, which is so, you know, a lot of people never get sad about me because, you know, I am, There's so much self-ownership and self-love just, and that's been the case for a long time. But I love what you shared because even if, if, if someone, for example, right now watching or listening doesn't have an eating disorder, but they have, everyone has fucking scripts that don't serve them. Yeah.
0: Right. Everyone has narratives, everyone has scripts. I have met a lot of, uh, the most interesting thing that has happened in my life and the biggest transition for me mentally was the move from New Jersey six years ago to California to specifically when I moved to LA after grad school in Orange County, moving to LA, I realized how much delusion there is out there on what is healthy and what is not. And hmm. even though I, I used to say people all the whole time, just because you're diagnosed doesn't mean you don't have addictive behaviors or a narrative you're telling yourself. Yes, It doesn't mean because we haven't been diagnosed or we haven't been to a hospital mm-hmm. that we don't have, or there's no nothing to work on, right? Nothing we need to address. Yeah, because I've met a lot of crap people, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've never been diagnosed for anything. They've never had X, Y, and Z. They've on paper they've had the perfect life, right? But they're not exactly the most amazing humans to be around, and they're quite toxic, right? And that's an error they tell themselves that. Well, because next yeah. Wednesday the things traumatic things haven't happened to me. I had great parents. Yeah, I had I have a big house car. I'm better than you. I am don't need to work on anything. I don't need therapy.
1: Right, right. And so then that, you know, self-awareness tool that comes to you, that's like essentially fortified through writing, you know, mm-hmm. this, this, this allows you to then, I mean, like you were saying, just kind of teasing it out a bit, it's like you, you get this opportunity to look, to have that separation and go, wait a second, is this, do I want to commit myself to this? Does this feel right? Does this... Right? Would you say? Yeah, and it's it definitely takes commitment.
0: Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of individuals or humans, commitment's hard. It's a hard. That's why there's so many infomercials trying to sell you or twist the right words to get you to click that button and commit.
1: Yeah, because we have
0: to be crafty. That's why in Las Vegas, there's the slot machines are all bright and colorful. Because at the end of the day, we're we're children who don't want to commit until we see something bright and shiny. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Or two, it seems like it's going to uh, bet, please us because in reality, all of us have is, are selfish.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's the
0: like we're alluding to earlier, it's the ones that have been through and, and done the work that tend to be the least selfish because they understand what it takes to get to a point of having a balance between the, the ego mm-hmm. and the selfish and authentic self and, yeah. and allow to n- nurture others.
1: No, totally. I'm curious when you said that, that your move to California was one of the biggest, greatest mental transition accomplishments. I, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but what was, what's, what was that about? Like, what was it about that move that did that? The, what about the
0: move did it is I was taken out in an environment in New Jersey that was very, really sheltered mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I wasn't exposed to, uh, you know, Really, a lot of different individuals. I wasn't exposed to, you know, the gay community. I wasn't Mm -hmm. exposed to fashion. I wasn't exposed to. I basically, you know, no one. I never tell anyone they're wrong when they say New Jersey is a very don't ask, don't tell Republican state.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, Uh,
0: which is why I loved moving to California because I saw huge and a very different dynamic where everyone seemed open minded and everyone was seemed free and. yeah. It helps that the environment's beautiful, but then I saw the ugly side, mm-hmm. where I'm seeing all the I'm training all these thin, super thin supermodels. I'm seeing the magazines. I'm seeing all the materialistic items, and which was exact opposite of New Jersey in another regard.
1: Mm-hmm. Of
0: if you don't have this car, dress this way, I don't want to talk to you because there's nothing you can do for me. Mm. The biggest, in, to really summarize that, the biggest aha moment I had was my first year when I realized, wow. I really am recovered from Mm. a unisorder because I realized none of it was affecting, nothing was affecting me anymore. I was seeing it for what it was, but I wasn't having any physiological or psychological responses to it. I was almost sad for society. Mm. And when I would tell individuals or celebrities, you know, my story, if I felt the need to speak upon it, Mm -hmm. like I was saying or speaking to someone else's story, a chapter in someone else's book and not my book.
1: Not my enos or not, not what I went through, even though it was. Because you just felt like a distance from it. You felt like, a, like essentially so evolved that it just felt like a different life or something, different person.
0: It felt like it was someone else's TV show on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> which is a really good one on Netflix. If you want to know if you recovered, if anyone out here is listening to this or watching this and maybe is going through some of those behaviors or some of those things and is questioning, or maybe they, are still in form some form of recovery if you watch the show to the bone on netflix it is the perfect documentation and keanu reeves does an amazing job of playing the very famous doctor in la with the with the disorders if you watch that and have any response to it physiologically or you start sweating or you get a little stressed out or your brain starts going you're not recovered you have some more
1: work to do that's awesome
0: I mean, that's, I that's, a, that's, a, a, that's
1: a great tactic and, and tool to offer.
0: Because no. it is very real movie. Very real and very well done.
1: That's cool. <laughs> I <laughs> love Keanu. Yeah, especially in... Yeah, he's great. He's the best. <laughs> I can he's love him. I mean, <laughs> seriously. It, On or off like the screen, him. he's just awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, he rides the New York subway, so...
1: Yeah, he's care. really great. He's just a real fucking human yeah. and just one of the greatest actors of our yeah. lifetime, I think, anyways. Some of the- Wait, what's the name of the movie? Just so, because I don't think I caught it. To the Bone. To the Bone. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. A
0: great job of depicting what actually goes on side in eating disorder unit. Yeah. And there's a lot of phrases in there. When I first watched, I was like, oh my goodness. Like, could they have done a better job? Uh, even the sentences and the way they dynamically had everyone at the table and the nurses, what they were saying was to the T what happens in pretty much
1: rehabs across the country. Oh, wow. Wait, hold on one second. Um, Scott, do you see that? Your free meeting will end in 10 minutes.
0: (laughs) I I think it's why, yeah, on my end, I had to, I don't know what's going on. Really? Yeah,
1: it's so, I've never had a, it literally put me through an obstacle course to try and sign in. So, but gratefully, Scott's got us. Um, I think we're all right. Um, (laughs) It's all good. (laughs)
0: Hey, Common Chaos! What's up? This you noticed? Know I've had to update Zoom three times the next week, and it keeps saying August sixth, everything's gonna change. And oh, really? Do,
1: yeah, August sixth, twenty twenty-two. Apparently, client Zoom meetings end. Oh, okay. Well, no, that's good to know. I'm gonna make sure that I yeah. update when I because I gotta, yeah, don't want to go through this next week. Um, okay, I'll pull <laughs> us back in. Um, so I'm curious when you when you moved to California to. And you essentially moved to, to go into school, right, to go for your master's. and um, So how long at that point had you been um, essentially taking yourself through the healing process of your eating disorder?
0: I always say it's never really over, even though everything I just said would elude you to believe it's over. A disorder is still disorder. It's still always a part of you, and it might manifest in different ways. So want to just unpack that. Yeah. Always occurring, however, or it manifests in different ways. Mm -hmm. For me, the process of having that aha moment of, okay, we're getting somewhere. I'm understanding, the. I'm separating thoughts. I'm not feeling the same way in front of meals or in front of individuals, or I don't have the same sense of shame anymore, which all anyone with any addiction, depression, anxiety, or any mental illness, it all comes down to shame.
1: Mm.
0: Not guilt, but they're feeling shame. which is why so many people hide it because they're ashamed of themselves. They're ashamed of it, which is why we go to those numbing mechanisms. So it it was about three years, about 2015. It it took me a significant amount of time because I realized I was going back to shame, was still having a lot of shame over not having my basketball career. It -hmm. took me years to watch a basketball game again. It took me finding the right outlets again, finding the right community again. Mm-hmm. So, three years in hindsight isn't really a long time when it comes to an eating disorder. Yeah, it's actually quite short, which is interesting because it made me realize, and I had the realization of, we got to be careful, Kara, because you might think this is oh because three years it's situational, but you know I have a long line of addicts in my family. Mm-hmm. You know. It's- manifest in other ways you know it yeah. can still rear its ugly head at any moment so it's the process of staying on top of it every single day and having the right you know, morning routines night routines
1: mm-hmm. the
0: right writing you know in the right writing the right books uh that helps keep that process alive and healthy and un- yeah unstressed.
1: yeah no I mean I love that and I think um you know you're you're certainly someone it's interesting because I'm thinking about like your discipline and your commitment, you know, levels. And, and that is, that's, that's to me, anyone who has strong levels of discipline, that's the golden tool to achieve in life, but I can see how could it, it could also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it.
0: You're like, mm-hmm. I,
1: don't
0: no, I mean, Roxy, I don't
1: even, I, I don't know if you are
0: aware of this book. This book was given to me five years ago and it was given to me and I was told, this is your life Bible. I'm telling you, the moment you read this, it is going to, you're going to think it's speaking about your life. And it's got a bunch of, a lot of science in it too, but the way it's called Driven okay, by Douglas Brackman. I actually have it right here, but it's cool. literally a life Bible for me.
1: Oh, amazing. Okay. I know I've never heard of it.
0: It, it is amazing, but it goes over. How some of the highest operators in the world, the most disciplined people, individuals in the world, the highest of the elite, the best leaders, yeah, also are the ones with these same genes that addicts have,
1: (laughs) are the same ones. (laughs) I can see that, though. I I get it. Like, you're able to control things in a way that, you know, could either serve you or not serve you, right? Like, an eating disorder, you, I mean... I don't think I ha- I have great discipline. I don't think I have that great of discipline because I would never be able to control. Okay, I, <laughs> Girl loves to
0: eat. All nothing. I'm the Leo, all or nothing. If <laughs> I, do it, I, I mean, I was going to do it and I was going to go all, and I went all out. I mean, <laughs> well, 150 now I was 95 pounds at the same height, five, five at the time.
1: Wow. And what do you weigh now? Just so there's 150, 155. Amazing. And I was, wow. 95 into the I hospital. can't even
0: imagine. You. Just think of uh, Tim Burton's film with the skeletons. Oh my God. Yeah.
1: No, seriously. Because you're like so compact with muscle and the, like awesome. That, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a trip. But I went all out. You did. So when you, so when you move to California and, you know, you realize that you, um, you're essentially, you know, like you, you're, you're not, like you just said, it's this ongoing process of always maintaining this healthy relationship so that you can stay in this sort of healed state from it, but you weren't getting a physiologic, physiological response when you know you were in certain situations. So you knew that you essentially you you move past the big point with it, right? Like the big challenge part of it. Yeah. So what at that point, where talk to me about your life? Cause I you've accomplished so many things. And one of the questions I want to ask you is um, so good place to insert it actually is. Can you give me one to three things that you are the most proud of that you've achieved in your life so far? It can be a- interpersonal, like a- yeah. anything, whatever it is, because you've got a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, uh, more to go, more to come. Yes, See, that's always. Yes. You know, I just really just showed you who I was and, without even saying everything before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, well, I'm like right cool. there with you. <laughs> Only fools are satisfied. So, I, I'm, I. We are from the same cloth, trust me. But this is a beautiful <laughs> opportunity for, yeah. Like, tell me, number one,
0: number one is over. It has to be the move to California, and particularly how that move happened. I'm most proud of being when I was pretty much in. A rough patch where I was kind of in and out of recovery with my unit I was living with my father at the time. I was still in New Jersey. This is 2014. Mm-hmm. 2014. I started looking up online hard challenges. Something mentally just told me something's got to give. I need to do something. You're not meant for. I, I remember saying to myself, you're not meant for this shit. <laughs> and here's what you're going to do.
1: And I Wait, just said, you're not meant for
0: what shit. Self-sabotage shit. Got it perfect or what I kept asking myself, what are you afraid of? And I still say this out loud to myself. What are you afraid of that? You're going to be so successful that no one's going to like you. But what is, why would you want to lower yourself? If you're this good doing this, what, what happens if you stop sabotage yourself? What would happen? And that was going to seal fit and going through Coro's 50 hour simulation of hell week. Because if I didn't do that, that's why my number one in terms of proud of proud of. Mm-hmm. If I did not go to SEAL fit, if I did not have that moment on my computer, if I didn't convince my parents to help me pay to get out to California, I would have never found out the beauty of California. I would have never met individuals like Dr. Gabriel Lyon, like yourself, like eventually going to grad school under Dr. Andy Galpin and all the opportunities that ensued afterwards. I would have never had those things if I didn't have that at the time felt like you're being crazy moment. Yeah. Now I realize actually was my innate self telling me Yep, you are a physical person. You need something to kick your ass into gear to help you realize who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Kokoro did for me. And I met some of the best people in my life through that. The Five. second one was playing
1: games. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, well? It, can you can you bring us into because maybe some people aren't aware of what that is? Titan Games.
0: Well, while I was in grad school, one of my good friends uh, sent me a link because I don't even have a computer or a computer. I don't have a TV in my apartment or a couch. My living room is a gym. <laughs> Texted me and said, "You're I'm applying to this. You're perfect for this." And I saw the link. I was like, "NBC's Titan Games. Dwayne Johnson's the host." 20 you know 2020 2019 version of uh, basically American Gladiators back in the 90s if you remember that yep. this is going to be the 20, I do. Uh, yep yep this is going to be the 2019 version 2020 version mm-hmm. you're going to do this i looked at it, i was like no way i won't get chosen this is silly it's going to be all these fitness influencers going to be all these supermodels they're not going to pick me and i had a moment after hearing myself say that of but why not me Maybe, like but-
1: honestly, I, I just want to highlight that question though the the why not me? Because it's it's literally one of the most powerful questions when you're questioning your ability, and everyone does it, right? And you, and you look around and you're like, this is my thought process. Why not me? When you see that it's been done or it's being done, then you yeah. have to. Then you're forced to look at yourself and go, what is it about myself that I'm like not accepting, believing, owning? That would allow me to also live into this experience. So, what is that? What that question did for you in that moment? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was realizing
0: I was undervaluing myself when I, I have people all the time. Not all the time, but when people come up to you or yeah. anyone, one comes up to you and says, "Oh, you're so this or you're so that," and you're like, "Wait, re- really?" Usually, that's a un- the universe reminding you that, yeah, why not you? Yeah, and for me, that was one of the moments of. One of your very good friends who knows you very well is telling you that you need to do this. This is perfect for you. You need to tell your story. And you're saying, no, 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 no. But why not? Yeah. What, what's the worst they're going to do? No, it's a TV show. You don't exactly make money. It's not a big yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's fun. Let's just do it. And I made up my whole, whole interview. I did not take it seriously. I made a whole joke out of it. I Dead, you know, I put weight on the barbell, deadlifted, talked about myself, jump rope, talked about myself, ended it, sent it off. I get a call a month later from the producer saying, Your video was one of the best. Now, flash forward to now being selected and being at the combine to break it down into the final individuals who got casted for the show. And I'm hearing all this chat room of, What did you do? I heard this producer hide this. And they get to me and I say, I just, I set up my phone and I just put it in the center. The lighting was terrible. It was in, had no producers. I had no video editor. People paid thousands of dollars for the, their interviews. Everyone looked at me like, what do you mean? I was like, I just was myself. And that was enough. Perfect. <laughs> Loved it. So. I love it. And it was one of the best experiences because for the first time in life, I remembered why I do what I do in life. And... Why physical training, why sports are still a big aspect of my life. And I understood why it brought such a light in me because being in that arena, I felt like it was a second coming. Mm -hmm. I felt so alive. I had everyone, not everyone, but certain individuals were having anxiety or a ton of stress. And I had a joke going with who eventually was the winner, Mm -hmm. and we've become friends since saying you could tell who the athletes are in the room and who the athletes are who are the fitness influencers who aren't based on who's just loving this right now being in this arena with all these people on cameras yeah and who is stressing out
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were in a playground i mean i saw a little clips. Which, yes. by the way your hair makeup everything looks so you look beautiful um, um yeah
0: we're it- from uh Oh, uh, the, <laughs> the Oh, really?
1: Well, they did a good job. I'm telling you, oh, I'm like, it's fucking awesome. Um, no, but do you, you? I mean, you were essentially in a playground, like that was, yeah. What would you say? Like the the seal training, because that came before that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, was there any? Because that that was, I mean, that's like a whole podcast in of itself that you oh, went yeah. through that. Like that's some shit right there that I definitely want to expand on with you, um, mm-hmm. because that's you know it's not for everybody at um, all yeah and so do you feel that you please talk about that a little bit too because um do you feel that that at all supported you to even move forward with titan and and doing that whole project like was there any connection there
0: i in a certain way yes because i would never have Then the next year after completing corkoro moved to California. Yeah. I would have that opportunity to begin with. Also, I would have never been fully recovered from my eating disorder if I didn't go through Coro and, realize, and build this community around me of badass people yeah. who felt for the first time saw me for me and didn't see me in this filter or this lens of you're just a jock or you're just this. And it's helped me tremendously throughout the years because even now in LA, I have moments where I get put in this box or you look scary or you look Mm -hmm. like you're, you know, I've had people straight up on the streets. I say to me, you know, I, I thought you looked like you were going to kill me. until I saw you smile. I was like, yeah, it's like, that's what I was saying at the beginning of this
1: talk though. I'm like, you know what? And this is like me being a fucking mystical bitch. Yeah. I'm giving myself like that. Cause I'm like, well, first of all, I'm a fucking tender savage, straight up. And I don't have anything to prove. It's just, it's just a it's just a certain knowing about yourself and connection that you have with yourself, right? Um, but it's also what allows me to or one part is what allows me to see with you is right away. I'm like, you are funny, you are playful, you are a sweetheart, legit. And so it's interesting. I think you know what it is. I'm just thinking about this now. I see with my heart. If someone's just looking with their eyes, then yeah, there's going to be perception there. There's going to be a judgment, right? I see with my I heart.
0: Have, I have tattoos. I've had a shorter my whole life. I'm from, you know, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm in a state that I, I made a joke once. It's funny how in the state that prides itself on being the most accepted, I'm still not accepted here. But that Right, go show that it doesn't. At wherever you go, there you are. Number one, number two is everybody has their their lens. Everyone has their box and their narrative. Yeah. Until and, and, and this is something I've had to. Now is my my next phase mm-hmm. in terms of emotional IQ is understanding. Not everyone is going to understand you. Yeah.
1: Because I confuse a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a beautiful a thing. That's a talent. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a, you know what, I should
0: say that it's, a, it's a, one of my talents, one of my many talents. One of your many. I just, I really just it, confuse others. It makes me laugh. It's a, uh, it, it you didn't confuse me. It, thank you. I just, <laughs> it, it, the other funny thing is, you know, especially with the short hair, everyone thinks I just chopped it off and said, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a lesbian or I'm the, yeah, I've had hair since I was three. <laughs> <laughs> so-, so I always tell people that I'm like, "Oh, really? This wasn't a thing? <laughs> I'm like, "No." <laughs> so it's just from the get go. You know,
1: I- what's amazing? I cut you off, sorry, but I just want to point this out. I think you give people, and I want, I want this to really be received right now. In those moments, you're really giving an opportunity to somebody to learn something about themselves. Like, look at the way that you're perceiving something. I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing, the way that it's being, you know, expressed, this perceiving. But I am saying that, you know, if we can look more from our hearts and not from that, like, what would that do, you know? And what would we be able to bring in and and connect on if that was how we operated more on, you know?
0: And what, what would the world actually look like if we broke down our walls a little bit more? Exactly. Uh, and also understood that, and this is, something I've been working on a lot more as well most recently is understanding that having your heart open and having empathy are one thing but make sure you have the a boundary to that empathy and that giving because having empathy without an open heart without any boundaries or just allowing talk to people in which is something you know I've I've had a habit of in the past yeah that's just polite and that's just soft self sabotage that's still a form of self sabotage so realize that yes having open heart empathy is important doesn't mean we want to allow toxic people in because we're still self sabotaging ourselves and that's another form of an addiction i think i call it like a a, a b-side addiction
1: yeah i love that
0: it's a b-side addiction there's a side yeah <laughs> there's a team there's the b team a lot of people have B-team.
1: No, that's so true. It's and would you say that? Um, I'm just connecting the dot here, but did training, SEAL training, did that help you create more boundaries and, and you know, in that way? I think it did. Yeah. To a certain point.
0: Okay. And then when I got into LA, I realized how much more work I had to do because I was in such a different environment or a different zoo of human nature, Mm -hmm. especially living, you know, in the West Hollywood area, which is. Very, very materialistic and and very, you know, really headstrong about who they are and what they do. Yeah, which is funny. It's a funny contrast to New Jersey, oh, but yeah. I love it because it's always an opportunity to show someone uh, not only your heart, but also that it's okay to have debates. It's okay to have a conversation where you can agree to disagree as long as we're moving the needle forward. Otherwise, yeah. what's the point of being on this planet? If we're not moving forward and understanding each other for what we are and what and not who we are, but what we are and what we're doing with ourselves and with each other,
1: I love it. Yeah, that's that's a that's a tweet post. That's a fucking mic drop. <laughs> I would have this with- <laughs> I'm like, but we've had enough tech to- issues today. <laughs> no, let me ask you. So, number three, what would number three be in this list of uh, major achievements thus far in you know your life?
0: Oh boy i think number 3 is is graduating grad school and and publishing the first ever thesis in uh first ever thesis on male and female athletes and getting to do work that really was i was told was only for me, reserved for med students having have two phd's going through that process and uh you know graduating with flying colors uh you know but the caveat to all that is then also realizing who i was outside of that because i in california i finally got to see who i who i am and that i am a really fun person i am really outgoing i'm not just this in this you know write and study and uh, like i like to socialize i like to have Mm -hmm. fun i like to be around good people and that was the other big thing so it's kind of like a two-for-one deal there is (laughs) all those things got me to a point of being so confident and comfortable with myself that I can start to take the even deeper steps forward to understand myself. Because I've done the d- dirty work that would have never happened if I didn't have the surgeries and that trauma and the whichever and all, as we yeah. all have, lots of people that teach us the lesson. You just have to realize the lesson. Mm-hmm. Else it just gets worse.
1: <laughs> just gets, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and, so, I mean, and so you hit that rock bottom, time. right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I have had moments in the past, especially two years where I'm like, why did just seem like I'm around a lot of crap people? And then I'm turning, I'm like, and why are they getting worse? Oh, there's something, there's a correlation here. I'm not listening to. And, but that's the, once you understand less, lesson, all of a sudden you're, those people are no more, they're no longer a piece of your wonder. Why am I able to breathe, breathe so freely now? Why am I happy all of a sudden? Why am I so productive all of a sudden? Yeah. Oh. I finally learned the lesson.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Now the right people are going to come. You know, I love that you brought this into the conversation because, you know, I can talk about many different avenues of health with you. Mm -hmm. I can talk about many different avenues of being a high performer with you. Um, One big piece in living with vitality, optimal health, and to be a real high performer and essentially be thriving in your life, expressing your fullest potential, I believe it comes down to the company that you hang with. Absolutely. Talk about Ab- it. I mean, I know you just talked about it in in a certain way, but like, can you just connect those dots of, of you know, why that's the, so
0: important? The inner, having the inner circle tribe, having that, that group, that camaraderie, is an essence and I actually told Mark Divine this you know mentor and now you know like consider him a father figure essentially uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking I love
1: that man so much well for the audience who doesn't know can you explain can you tell yeah, who he, Mark uh,
0: he actually was the individual who started SealFed, started the company mm-hmm. at the for leadership transformation to help change people's lives and also he was a former commander of the US Navy seals very smart guy. He's now going on to get his PhD. I mean, the man does it all, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> honestly. Amazing. Uh, and if I didn't have that karate in that community and that circle with him, what we were, what we were alluding to, or what we were speaking to a couple weeks ago is I would have never gotten to the space. I would have never been healed. I would have, because once I finally found my people yeah. And it was very uh, an innate feeling. And I, at 1st input put two and two together. It's like, why do I get so much done? Why do I feel so good around this individual? Why is there no drama with this person? Why is there no arguments? Like, even if we have a debate, it's not really an, I wouldn't even consider that an argument. It's we're trying to make each other, we're making each other better.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not this stress. I don't feel stressed around them or as if I'm walking on eggshells, yeah. which is one, big clue I have now is one of my filters that I have with people now is energetically when you're around them, do you feel like you're walking on eggshells? Because if you are, you're going to start, you know, yourself, cow. you're going to start to hide yourself because that's your defense mechanism. And you know, that's not productive. You know, that's not someone that should be a part of your life. It's, and you got them as much as you want to be a good person. You have to take the steps to slowly weed them out. Because that community is the one I believe is the one and only way that we succeed as human beings. I've never met anyone, and if the corny quote goes, "I've no one ever gets there, no one ever gets to the top by themselves." Mm-hmm. They always had somebody.
1: Right.
0: Everybody has their people. Everyone has their somebodies yeah. that get them to that point. They didn't just magically appear. No. Nobody magically appears to the top.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody magically. No, we're tribal people. Humans are tribal, yeah. right? So whether it's a tribe of three people or it's a tri- whatever that is, it's still like you're moving with people through life, right? Mm-hmm. And so I I love that, by the way, the eggshell piece, because I think, again, like you're so full of all these just beautiful wisdoms, you know, that you have cultivated, you know, authentically from your own journey. And um, I mean, and that's really how wisdom comes into play, right? Um, but I think what's so special about that, the offering here for, for our audience is just... You know, I'm sure a lot of people felt that, like they're checking themselves, mm. like, do I feel like actually I was around that person? Like, or, oh that sounds like when I'm with so-and-so, but it's crucial. And your ego will
0: deny, ego will deny it too, because mm. we've all done it where we've kept certain individuals around because mm. in certain moments they did make us feel really good. Yeah. In certain moments, or we had great times out with those people. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize having a few moments or having one event or one day that was great with this person does not mean they sh- should be in your life. They might not be a toxic person. Yeah. We, we still need to create some distance because they're not going to be a part of your inner circle. Part of your, they could be a part of your life in some capacity. Yeah. But they should not be the priority. A priority always needs to be the people that, that have your list of five or have your, know you inside and out and never have judged you for it or taking you for granted or, you know, all those corny things we say, but we tend to still allow those individuals or other individuals around. It's like, well, I had a great time with them at Universal Studios or that one night when, you know, they said happy birthday to me on my birthday. Yeah. Doesn't mean they should be in your life. Doesn't mean you can't love them or like them as a human.
1: Right. Doesn't mean they have
0: to be a super toxic person. But for you and your growth, they they are. It needs to be dialed back.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. I love this. I mean, so you are essentially you're in a great place, and I know um, <laughs> I know we're always there's always room for improvement. There's always I I know I'm with you. Trust me. Um, but I I see. You know, you're in a really solid place. You've obviously conquered tremendous challenge um in your life, and I want to ask you now, like what what's inspiring you right now, whether it's personal business, both, like talk to me about what's lighting you up right now.
0: Oh, oh. what's lighting me up right now is the immense writing I have for my book that is a deadline to be due in the next month. So (laughs) that's what's lighting up right now is a lot of science, the creativity. It's my first ever uh, opportunity in writing a book, my first ever. So for me, it's, the drive of how do I make science simple? How do I add some fun to it? How do I have, uh, and not to be corny enough, but to relate for everyone to relate to women, because it's a book on high intensity training and women and Mm. what makes us biologically. So that's really lighting up right now is, you know, the, the ticking line of, this book. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I saw the best meme. My my assistant sent it to me today. Um, the deadline is the greatest inspiration. It's so oh, yeah. true. It kicks you in you the don't. ass. I mean, you've got so woof, you got a month. Oh, oh. it's it's locked, and
0: locked. <laughs> I mean, I've bought I have purchased so many dictation microphones now because I'm like, okay. Yeah. Again, calm under I know this about myself. Uh it's kind of just been the theme of my life. I know that I operate this way when I know. Times are ticking. That's when I am the have the highest productivity, and that's when things get going the best. If I know something's a, three years in advance, I got time. Right. I'm, I'm just how I operate, mm-hmm. and also how I meditate with my eyes open, so that I can see things because I like to see whatever's going on. Otherwise, eyes closed, I start to wander. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Cool. I love that. So that's the, actually
0: a piece in yeah that's actually a piece in that the book i mentioned earlier driven is how we can't eat. individuals with these genetic traits shouldn't even meditate like normal humans interesting it's very it's very interesting how he describes the form of meditation that individuals with these specific and i had my genes tested to see if i and i did and i was like mm, makes sense <laughs> that's <laughs> it so is, badass it's d2d4 uh, alleles and if you have them it's highly associated with you know, pro athletes politicians CEOs Navy seals addicts really? and addicts, <laughs> and, addicts. <laughs> <laughs> and mental illness so <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I mean some of the greatest geniuses are fucking crazy I mean I always say like we uh, <laughs> we're all crazy it's just a matter of how our crazy gets along <laughs> just
0: find, find, yeah and, and how your crazy gets along find your crazy. Yeah, I always say remind myself, find your crazy. Like if that person, might you might relate to their crazy, but they're not the right type of crazy for you. Right. That brings you down. So let's find your crazy, which my crazy is very different than your crazy. or This person's crazy, but you find those people that understand you're crazy. Yeah. And don't try to change that crazy, because that's one thing I've noticed also, uh, which is why I left my previous position that I was at in L.A., is I felt this, this need to want to change my crazy because of how everyone was operating within the room. And I realized that I was starting to think about, we're having behaviors of self-sabotage. Why? Because until I put two and two together and realized and wrote it down, oh, it's because this environment is trying to force me to change even if it's a small aspect of who I am, and the alarm's going off in your head. So you're going to mechanisms of toning yourself down. Yep. Doing this, And that's not who you are. This is not the right environment. They don't understand you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You're too different or too weird for them. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You got to find your environment. That everyone's crazy and weird. It's just
1: who do you match with? <laughs> you were speaking <laughs> in my heart. I'm so grateful <laughs> our crazies get on. Yeah, we you know yeah I met some really dope
0: artists in LA, really crazy weird artists.
1: Yeah. And yes, we're in
0: totally different career paths, but I love learning and we get along great because we're even though it's two different careers, we have a very similar crazy and weird and, and confidence and understanding of ourselves. Yeah. That we learn from each other. Yeah. Versus is I've met Stimulating. people that, are same- that I'll I i do not want to be near.
1: it's so true. No, I, I feel that so deeply. It's so true. Um, it bridges me. I wanted to ask you, can you, um, can you tell me what your top three core values, if you had to pick three top three core values, what would those be? Uh,
0: top three. Number one is transparency, Mm. transparency. I think, and this was one I would not have, I wouldn't have had number one 10, 11 years ago, because I had so much shame Mm -hmm. that I was so afraid to be transparent because I also didn't know who I was. Now, transparency is my big thing. I always say I'm an open book. Ask me anything. I've had people, uh, when I did the Titan Games, individuals ask me, message me and say, are you transgendered? Are you this? And they're like, I'm sorry, I just have to ask. Like, no, it's fine. I'm an open book. I want to help you understand.
1: Yeah.
0: So transparency is a big one. Being fully transparent and honest. truth over harmony, I always say, Mm. I always want the truth over the harmony. And when when you have moments of self-sabotage, we tend to flip that. We tend to just want peace instead of truth. Mm. And that's just to sabotage ourselves. Yeah. So they kind of are one and two together. I love it. The third one uh, in terms of moral values has to be the persistence persistence the discipline aspects Mm -hmm. Uh, it it has to be a high it really all encompasses to someone having a high emotional iq i really have a big i'm a big stickler for uh, ignorance because i don't think ignorance is bliss no (laughs) there's nothing i you're bliss because you're you're bliss because you're not under, you don't understand yourself. You have your emotional intelligence is very low because you haven't done the work yourself. That's mm-hmm. why they say ignorance is bliss. It's not bliss. It's silly. You're not working on yourself then. It's, it's silly. <laughs> it's silly. There's a lot of other ca- phrases I can use for that. Uh, no, it's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it's it's, so it's good. not, I always use it. I'm like, there's no such thing as ignorance is bliss. No. You Have you gone to therapy lately? And I, <laughs> And I've gone through a lot of therapy. I'm very open about it. And that's why I'm so confident in my approach towards how I answer questions or how I speak or how I love myself or love others because I've put in the work and I still see a therapist. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I still will go through some EMDR. I still will go through, you know, therapeutic techniques. This day, last week I had a therapy call. Why? Because I know for me, it's important to continue to break down those bridges and understand Okay, why me? Why not me? What's going on here? What's going on there? How can we dissect this? And how can I have the transparency? Continue to have close the gap between my truth over harmony and mm-hmm. close the gap on you know my hundred percent authentic self, really, and the discipline. And because the more you understand yourself, the more probably disciplined you're going mm-hmm. you to be. Less procrastinate. <laughs> 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 the more productive you're going to be, and the higher value people you're going to attract. 100%.
1: Uh I love it. Give me a guiding principle.
0: Oh, I the guiding principle is on my arm actually. It's oh, in Morse oh, code so that I only, I could read it. Oh. But no. yeah. So it says shape your body it's the two biggest life lessons for me so shape your body but shape is spelled s a s c h a p e. It stands for spirit, communication, hustle, approach, precision, and enhancement, and everything you do in whatever environment you are. So every time you're in an environment, are you shaping it? Every time you're with yourself, are you shaping yourself? When you walk in a room, do you light up the room or do you dim the room? That's also, you can tell if someone's an a-hole or not. When they come in the room, <laughs> <for> dinner, <laughs> Real quick. Are they are people talking to them or attracted to them, or are they walking away? <laughs> Is, is all of a sudden is there gossip about other individuals? That's you know, mm-hmm. gaming the room. And and body is spelled B-O-D-H-I because it in my eyes, I always thought about the physical body. And when I started working on the mental, that's when my physical got better. So, so
1: badass. I'll yeah, shape your body. Can we see Maybe. it? For those watching. What? So you can see it, it's
0: under actually the muscles of my wrist. Oh wow. Of course and it is. All those
1: code <laughs> Yeah, it is. yeah. yeah uh, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing shape, that. Oh, thank you.
0: Shape actually that acronym came from Point Guard College, a basketball organization I used to direct for across the country. It was amazing. It's one of the best experiences of my life in terms of impacting, inspiring, communicating, learning all these different tools and seeing different, you know athletes from all different homes and different environments. And how do you help them plant the seed to help them move forward with their lives. And so that's why it's spelled that way.
1: I love it. And I want to, you know, as we get to close here, um, I know, you know, the endeavor of your book is, I mean, that's massive. That's huge. And I'm so exci- I'm so <laughs> oh, okay. proud of you and I'm so excited. There's I
0: mean, so many
1: <laughs> how many pages?
0: There's so many pages. <laughs> <You're>
1: so- <laughs> Well, I mean that's a very important subject. I mean, I'm personally, I can't wait for it. But it's well, a, is what they want. Wow. I I mean, yeah. listen, we already know you're going to crush it. I mean, that's not even this. I'm I'm excited. Um, I know. I have no
0: choice. I have to. You yeah, know, you, don't, well. you don't. You don't. Three passes in in life sometimes.
1: sometimes. No, but he, well, it, you're you you're you're all in this and your passion and, you know, like you really care about this. So this, I know, I know this is going to be a home run. Um, and I'm excited for that. My kind of final question, I have one more, um, is what's something else. So you, you know, like I said, you, to me, you're, you're such a wealth of wisdom and you know, the wisdom that you, you, you have and that you share is really special. I really deeply value it because it's, it's, it's all from your beautiful, you know, um, hard journey and that you've, you know, lived and, and you lived with all your heart. And so I feel like you're such a great speaker and I can see you just, you know, sharing more and more of your story, which I'm, I'm here to encourage. I wanted to ask you, what's something that you're really envisioning for yourself? It's like something that you really want to experience, something that you want to, you know, um, accomplish, you know, kind of like a bigger vision. Hmm.
0: My bigger vision is <laughs> this is a fun everyone. This is a funny one because this is this is a part of the process right now. Is I want to see myself and envision I envision myself having that DR, the MD, or having that that doctor, that DR next to my name. And and this is a very far in the future. This is you know, med school is, is quite the task. As few a lot of hard work and a lot of years, but I've gotten to the point now where I've done this transitioning, I've trained the athletes, I've trained the supermodel, I've trained the celebrities. How as a female, because I've seen so much, how can a female, can I change what I'm seeing in the medical community that is making me so upset to mm-hmm. see? And in the future, I want to be that doctor, especially with, I'm very blessed to have had the background I have. How can I change the scape of how we train medically how do we exercise physiology wise how we look at the human how we treat human beings uh clinically and on the court tracker field and that's going to be again vision wise years from now through medical school through going through those that stepwise process yes. which is a whole other tax, tax on its own but essentially yeah you know, how do we become a doctor of exercise because no one can deny once you have that next to your name also I'd be the first in my family in at all generations to have an MD or do next to my name so that you know has really struck a chord with me passion wise yeah because I'm just sick of the crap I've seen and mm-hmm. one of the one of the ways to change it there's multiple ways to change it but one of the ways for me I know lights me up is being on that that level so that I can be in the setting making those clinical changes making those protocol changes going back to my enos making those changes in what I've the wrongs I've seen in rehab mm-hmm. and how we're treating individuals, the stigma, that the elephant in the room of how we look at mental illness. I can only go so far mm-hmm. without that licensure. Once right. I have that license, now everything blows up. <sighs> now I can make those worldly or those, those changes I want to keep seeing ma- made, yeah. but they're just not happening.
1: I love it. I love it it's it's lay down here first or let me say that again Scott we're gonna edit that um I love it I wanted it to live in this conversation as you know just kind of like an affirmation a statement you're declaring it (laughs) not that you've ever said it before but I wanted it to live in this conversation because I am here cheerleading you on the entire fucking way and I know I, 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 unless you just decide at some point you want to change, which we all, that can happen, but I can see this for you. And I think it's so needed and so valued. So I'm already honoring you for that. My final question is what's something that you wish, um, you know, when you podcast or any of your talks, like, is there something that you would wish, um, people would ask you more on or. Maybe even just something that you want to live in this conversation. We've talked about a lot of epic things. Um, but if there's anything we haven't touched on or something that you like to be asked um, that I did not ask you, I just here's the opportunity.
0: Oh, well, I think when it comes to, uh, we pretty much have alluded to this conversation uh, a couple, couple weeks ago, is one thing that I've always felt like was missing or had this hole in my heart as if man, no one really knows me though, is because the conversations, every podcast, every talk I've ever done has always been on the very academic version of muscle physiology of the, it's been a very structured conversation. Yeah. It's been purpose layer. It's been very, you know, this type of exercise, this type of nutrition, this type of workout, this type of physiology. And it's never been about who I actually was a human being, which I th- Think is part of the reason why this conversation is so important because so many people don't know yeah. and don't listen to others to understand who they actually are and then build up the narrative. And yeah. I think that's the, the biggest take home from all of this is that everyone has a story and everyone wants to be heard regardless of their status, regardless of their resume. Yeah. yeah. Everyone wants to be heard and understood at the end of the day. yeah, And and that really all mental illness, all trials, all struggle comes from not being hurt and someone feeling like they're not being heard and not being understood. Yeah. Yeah. Time and time again. Yeah. It just comes down to two things. They're shameful or they have regret or guilt because they're not being heard. They're not being understood.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah. It's overwhelming. Feeling. So that's the big thing.
1: Well, I love it. I love that we've had this opportunity today because, yeah, I didn't even tap into that whole other side of you that is just so <laughs> like,
0: almost oh, like yeah. shame
1: on me. But but I really wanted to go into, you know, your character, your story, and because it's it's rich and it's real and it's inspiring. And I'm grateful to be a facilitator of a conversation that actually brings people in to know more of who you really are and what you've been through and, you know, what has actually supported you to these, you know, other, the the other facets of you that are usually highlighted in, in conversation. So um, we're definitely going to have more talks on this show. I adore you. I can't wait to come and do sled work and all the things like Rocky and Draco in the sand. (laughs) Rocky and Draco. (laughs) Let's go. It's happening.
0: Okay. We're doing a whole. We're doing a whole.
1: Oh, yeah. We're going viral. Reels. <laughs> it's, it's I'm so ready. Uh, <laughs> where do people stay in touch with you? Find you, the gram, all the things. So my Instagram is funny. I've had it since it's
0: opened up and I can't change it since I did the time game. So it's the same thing. It's killer K zero killers with one L K zero. So <laughs> no coach, no names, just killer K zero l and then my email is info at Or you can just go to my website that's on my Instagram. So that's info at Perfect. Or website's on my Instagram. And yeah, I mean, I would just say at the end of the day, just because someone looks like they're healed doesn't mean they're actually healed. They might be just hiding something and they want to be heard.
1: I love it. Boom. Thank you so much. I am truly like I just I adore you and I can't wait to come hang out with you um yeah so everybody needs to go check you out your website if they want to work with you you drop the email everything's in the show notes to be continued. continued it's continued <laughs> <laughs> boom